1959 America, the average cost of a new house was $12,400, and the average yearly income for a household was only $5,010. In pop culture, the classic Ben-Hur starring Charlton Heston came out, as did the premiere of the hit TV show The Twilight Zone. In global news, the space race was on in full force, and the Soviet Union crashed the Luna 2 into the moon. We enter back into our story with Suzanne in the year 1959, meeting her soon-to-be husband at Ontario High School. When did you meet your husband, Ron? I met him... uh when I was in high school, uh, about my junior year, and this um, gal had asked me to go with, she went to a different church. I went to the Presbyterian, and she went to the Christian church in uh, Ontario. And so um, she, she was my neighbor, and she said, well, go with me to the young people's class today. And, and I said, oh, no, I, you know, I don't really want to interfere with things like that and and she said no come on she said we've got a we've got a really good speaker he's really he really tells the stories of the bible just she she said they're just awesome and I said okay well come to find out it was just a kid you know I thought it was going to be a young man or something Mm -hmm. and it was Ron and um and she thought he was pretty neat I think she liked him really well and so (laughs) (coughs) so uh, you know this was later in the 60s and uh, I just thought wow he knows so much about the Bible and wow he knows the story of of Christ and the death and the resurrection and everything and I thought Wow, well, no wonder she likes him, you know. And and then I was in my junior year, and she says, um, are you going to the dance? And I said, no. Are you? And she said, yes. And I said, well, who are you going to take? And she said, well, I was going to ask Ron, but she said, I always had this dream. And I said, about what? And she said, well, I always had this dream that the first guy I would ever go out with would be taller than I am, and I would have to look up to him. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, I said, are you as tall as Ron? And she said, yes, we're just even. We can just see eye to eye. (laughs) And I said, well, who are you going to ask? And and this was Ron's best friend, David. He was really tall. And so she says, what if I ask David and you can ask Ron? And I says, well, I don't want to go with Ron. Why would I want to go with Ron when you like him? And she says, yeah, I like him. But she said, you know, I'm kind of growing because I have class with Dave and he's, he's just so tall and I always have to look (laughs) up at him. And I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And so finally she just kept talking to me and, and you know, we'd, we'd go walking to uh, school together every morning and she'd say, well, are you thinking about it? And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, 
well, I already got my dress, and you don't have your dress? And I said, no, I don't think I'm going. And she says, oh, please go. She said, I don't want to go on a date by myself with Dave. And I said, well, if you like him, why are you scared of him, or why don't you want to go? And she says, you'd really be doing me a lot, a big favor if you just ask him and... um and she said he's really nice, and I said I know he's nice, but I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt your recognizing him as nice, and you know it might be you like him more than nice. And she, <laughs> and and she said, well, by by then we had almost gotten to the high school, and she said he's just getting off the bus go up there and ask him. He's just getting off the bus because he lived out in the country. And I said, well, I can't just go up to him and ask him. And she says, why not? That's what I did. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't, I don't really know him that much except the couple of times I've gone to your uh, services at night, you know. And she says, oh, go ahead. And I said, no, I'm not going to. And so... I don't know whether it was an accident or what, but we kind of ran each into each other in the hall. And I said, oh, Ron, I'm, I almost ran into you. And he said, oh, well, I'm sorry. And, and I said, well, no, I'm sorry. And, and somebody went by with, and said something about the dance. And, and they said it loud enough that we both heard it, you know. And Ron said, are you going to the dance uh, Saturday? And I said, no. Are you? And he said, no. (laughs) 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 And he was just, you know, he was, I didn't know anyone like him. He was happy and lucky and, you know, he just liked everything about life. And, um, oh, I know. I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll surprise him and I'll call him on the phone. And, uh, you know, that's when you had the dial phones and all this kind With of like stuff. like the circle mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. And, and I thought, well, surely his, his dad's name is in... There's a Palmer in on Oregon Slope. That's where he lived, and so I called and his somebody else picked up the phone and I said, "Hi." I said, "Is there a possibility that I could talk to Ron Palmer there?" And and the guy says, "Oh, certainly, Ron. You're wanted on the phone, you know." So uh, he says, "Who is it?" And and the guy says, I don't know, it's a, a little girl. <laughs> and I and so I got on the phone and he says, Hi, and and I said, This is Suzanne. Do you do you remember me? And I run around with Judy and he said, Oh yeah. He said, I know who Suzanne is and I said, Well, um, I I was just calling to see if you'd like to go to that dance. I've never been to a dance, so I don't know much about dancing that style. I said, I know how to do the Hungarian charta, you know, and stuff like that, but I don't know the real dancing that Americans do. And he says, well, actually, I don't either. 
you know, and I said, so you don't really want to go then, right? And he said, no, I didn't say that. He said, I don't know how to dance either. And I thought, oh, he's saying we're dumb together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he said, yeah, I'd love to go. And the thing was that he was the only one in high school in the junior year that knew how to drive, and that was because he was a farmer. And so he knew how to do the tractor and the car and everything, you know. And so she wanted to double date on that. And so uh, so we went, and he came and picked me up first, and then we went and picked her, her up and then him up, and we went up to the high school and... Um, I didn't know anything about dancing, and I'd try to watch other people and think, okay, when you get out on the floor, you go one step that way and one in the back and then forward again. And, and I was trying to figure it out, and we both were like dinglings, you know. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> but we did learn later because we went to a couple of them together, so. That's a really sweet story. So how long before you got married? Well, um, he, was, he was a junior, I was a sophomore when we met, and then I was, uh, let's see, I graduated in 61, we got married in 62, so. Awesome. He graduated in 1960, so he, he was looking for a job and he got a job with a florist uh, here in Payette. And he just loved the job, and he tried other things. He tried cutting up meat at the meat factory and everything, but he didn't like it. But then when he got to uh, where the dome is here in, in Payette, uh, across the street they had uh, greenhouses, and with the greenhouse they had a florist. And so one, and he, he just went to work out in the greenhouse, but uh, one day they were really busy and they said, could you come in and act like you know how to make this, you know, uh, the wreath or whatever, and he said, I'll try, and so he did, and he liked it so much that they just kept him in there, so that's how he learned to be. And the phenomenal thing about him was that he was colorblind and whoo, he could put colors together and they were gorgeous, really. Nobody would put <laughs> colors together like he did, so. That's amazing. Yeah, and that, you know, when we went to conventions and we were the designers, they would announce that he was um, colorblind and he really didn't know what colors were, a lot of them, because he couldn't tell whether lavender is blue or red or what you know mm -hmm. and so um they didn't they didn't believe it and then um but that was the phenomenal thing about him he was he put colors together like nobody else and they looked good too mm -hmm. so So how tall was he? 
Do you know? Oh, he was probably five six. Five six. And would you say that you are about four ten? Or are oh, you a little taller than that? Maybe a little taller than that. Maybe maybe five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It I'd love to see a wedding picture. I bet you guys were so cute. Oh <laughs> I just had an old regular, you know, we didn't we didn't do the creativity until after we were married quite a while and, and then I went to work when they were having holidays and stuff like you know, Easter used to be a big thing for flowers. Everybody had a croissage for church and a boutonniere. And then when you went home, you had a bouquet for Easter meal, you know. And <clears throat> that's, that's the way I learned how to do it and stuff. So how long before you had children? Um, I think we had... Right the next year, we had a, I got, let's see, I got, we got married in March, and I had Rhonda the next January. So awesome. And you had two kids mm-hmm. total? Mm-hmm. And what's your son's name? Sale. Sale, like S-A-I-L? No, S-Z-E-L with a mark on the E. Okay. And it means, in my language, it means um, wind. Okay, so it's similar to how you would imagine a sail in English. That's interesting. You started to tell your story last time how you still had lots of troubles with your esophagus, but you were able to finally get it all fixed. Yes, but I was 25 before I did, and... When I had Rhonda, my daughter, I only weighed 95 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah, and it was, I I would try and drink nutritious drinks instead of eating because I couldn't get anything down. But then the doctor, um, we had a new doctor. I had gone to all the doctors in Ontario, and even when I was living at home, my parents would say, well, uh, I we think that when she makes up her mind, she she does this for attention, they said, you know, mm-hmm. and when she makes up her mind that she can't have her way, then she'll start eating. Well, I think the doctors all passed this on because we only had one clinic and so you know, it didn't matter what doctor you went to, they still read hypochondriac, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, after I had her, uh, we had a new doctor, Tanaka was his name, and he was brand new and he had opened his own clinic. I thought, well, this is my last resort because I, I can't stand this anymore trying to raise a child and I can't even take care of myself. and all of this so I went in to see the doctor and he says what can I do for you and are you in pain and you know he said you're having esophagus problems and he said how long have you had those and I said well I've had them ever since I can remember walking and I I had it and he said that long and he said so of course you don't have any kids I said well, I have a daughter, and he said, you have a daughter? 
And he said, how much do you weigh? And I, and I said, well, almost 100 maybe, you know. And um, he said, have you had this checked? And I said, well, there's the papers. You know, I've seen eight doctors, and they all go to the same clinic, so uh, they all have the same answer for me. And I thought I was going to die because I thought I can't, I can't be married and just keep doing this and throwing up and everything. And so he said, um, let me take a picture of your chest. And I said, my chest, really? I said, everybody's taking a picture of my stomach. And my stomach was normal, you know. It just wasn't getting any food, but it was normal. And so he said, no, we'll get your... Uh, from your chin down, we'll get that part, and then we'll get where it's connected to your um, esophagus. And I said, okay. And I thought, oh, wow, this he might find something. Because, you know, when I ate, I sometimes my chest would hurt because I, I would uh, swallow it, and it would get stuck, and I'd have to throw it up because it would never go down. So... So I was kind of sore there all the time. And my, my folks said, they even told me, well, when you decide to eat, you'll eat, I guess. You know, and they didn't go any further than that. And then my husband, Ron, was, he found out about it. And he said, well, I think we ought to do something about it. And so I went to a hypnotist and I went to everything that I could think of and nothing was helping. And so... Tanaka took a picture and he said oh my gosh and and he held the screen up to uh, the window because they didn't have those lights that they have for x-rays you know and you could see this tube and then it was pinched and then it opened back up down here and he says this is really interesting he said um let me look at this more closely. I'll, I'll call you in the morning and tell you what it is. I said, okay. And I thought, well, you're just going to tell me the same thing the others did, that, well, when you decide to eat, you're going to start eating. And so he calls me the next morning, and he says, could you come in right now and, and see me? And I said, uh, okay. And so I dropped our daughter off and and I came in and um, and he put this thing up to the window and he said see this picture he said uh, what happened to you I know you weren't born here because that's on your uh, page he said you were born in Budapest Hungary so did you experience the war and so I kind of told him about it and you know and and I said, yes, and, and we didn't have food for a while, and, you know, it, it was hard to keep it open without food and, and stuff. And he said, that's true. He said, um, but he said, this is nothing. I've done surgeries on this. It's, it's about 40-minute surgery. You'll be able to eat the next day or, you know, as soon as everything wears off. And so I said, no, not really. And he said, yes, and I'm going to make an appointment for you in Boise. And I said, well, I thought you did them. And he said, well, I, I can do them. 
but he, I said, this guy is a, really a specialist, and this is what he does in Boise. And, and he said, um, can I admit you to the Boise uh, hospital? And I said, well, let me talk to my husband, and we'll go from there. And I said, how much will it cost? And he said, $400. And I thought, $400? My husband doesn't even make that in a month. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to tell Ron about it. And then um, when, when we get all our bills paid and everything, um, I'll, I'll tell him that we can, they said we could just pay $20 until it's all paid up, okay? And so that guy, he called my husband at work, and he said, your wife won't have this surgery because of the money problems and because you're, you don't make quite that much. Uh, and he didn't, he only made like two, $195 in two weeks or something like that. And so I thought, well, you know, I could just take out a dollar here from the grocery store every time I go and I'll just put it in the jar and, and I'll get it going and, and then I'll tell him about it and, and my husband came home and he was so mad and he said, you mean you knew that they could do something and you wanted to wait? He says, you're almost 25 years old and you haven't had a decent meal. And so he, um, so Ron was really upset and he <laughs> says, I'm gonna take you in. He told me what hospital and I'm gonna call him up and tell him that you're gonna go through with it. Well, I was terrified that I'd be there again, you know. Mm -hmm. There's something about the background that just really, I was so scared, and I w cried all the way. I said, don't, don't put me in the hospital ab again because, the, you know, the three years that I had been in and, and left there, I didn't want to go. That's what I thought I was going to do. And, and he said, yes, you are. You're going to stay there. And I'm not, I can't stay the night. I got to go home and pick up Rhonda. And he said, I, I'll come and pick you up in the morning because I checked with him and you'll be ready to go. And I didn't want to stay. And, I, you know, I, I thought, he's not going to pick me up. He's deserted me. And he's going to get another mother for Rhonda, you know. And I was coming up with all these fantastic ideas. And, and, um, so um, he took me and he left me there. And then they came up and examined me and the anesthesiologist came in and said, so you, you're having trouble eating. And you know, so he says, boy, we can take care of that. You know, and they were all talking so positive and I'm thinking, is this really going to work? And I'm going to have to stay here. How long am I going to have to stay here? You know, and and uh, and the doctor says, and you haven't started a family, of course, yet. And I said, well, I have a daughter. And he said, you have a daughter? Really? Is she okay? And I said, oh, yeah, she's beautiful. She's just beautiful. And he said, there's nothing wrong with her? And I said, no. You know, I'm the one that's going through this <laughs> ding-dong thing. And so um, he said, well, we can sure fix that. And so um, 
I thought, you know, and all night long I was thinking, they're gonna make, they're gonna come up with something and I'm gonna have to stay in here forever and blah, blah, blah. And so they came and got me and they were talking really nice to me and during the uh, preparation and, and he said, um, he, he said, Suzanne, when I count to three, I want you to kind of start uh, breathing hard and in and out. And I said, okay. And so the next thing I knew, I was in bed, and it was all over with. And, um, and they said, well, your husband's here to pick you up. And I thought, really? I'm going home? Gosh, I'm going home? <laughs> and so... Um, he came in and he said, they said they did a good job on you, you know, and he says, um, wh what would you like to eat on the way home? We can stop and get you something. And that was when McDonald's had 19 cent burgers. Can you believe that? <laughs> 19, 19 cents. And, um, you know, they didn't have the freeway uh, yet. And so it took us about two and a half hours to get on the long road, you know, over mm -hmm. there. And so it took us that long. We stopped and got a, a McDonald's, and he did too. And I kept thinking, well, I better drink all I can so, you know, I'll have something in my stomach. I was still thinking I couldn't really eat it. And so I was chewing it up as best as I could. It took me two and a half hours to eat that hamburger. I was that scared about it and everything. Did it and, taste amazing? Oh, it, it was just wonderful. You know, I just, oh, and I got an orange juice or something like that. And, it, oh, I just thought, oh, I am so full. I'm just so full. I'm just up to here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, then I had to go back and get a bougie, which is, it's about this long, and I have to swallow about this much of it. And it works, and do you still have to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. So, I just swallow maybe about twenty-one inches. That's all. So. <laughs> that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It, what's the purpose of it now? Okay, the purpose is that this constricted. Okay, and so when. When your throat constricts and they open it up, it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. If you get upset or really nervous about things, then it will kind of cl start closing again. Okay, so when they get this, they call it a bougie. And there's about this much. It's all rounded off like this. And then uh, this much of it is filled with mercury. And it weighs a lot, so when it hits this constructed place, then it separates it, mm -hmm. okay? And then it'll be okay for a while until I got upset or, you know, nervous about something. So um, I, for a while, I was taking it every day. I would have to do it before I went to work, so. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing that, you know, I gained weight and I got to be 100 pounds and I thought I was really getting overweight and <laughs> <laughs> so.
Do you have any special stories that you have with Ron that you'd like to share? Well, I just, you know, he was, he was so different from anybody I'd ever met. He was, you know, in my family, the women were just women and uh, we weren't anything special. And I always felt like in him, when we got married, he just, he respected me. And, you know, he didn't cuss me out or anything. And he was just always so considerate and always looking for a way to please me. And he was just kind and very good-hearted and everything. Anything he did, you know, he always included me and um, always wanted to know my side of something. and. He was very nice. I wasn't brought up like that, you know. My parents were really strict, and my dad loved to beat on us kids, and that was a hard thing to acknowledge after we got here in this country because it seemed like the American kids were so happy and so trusted, you know, trusted with the rest of the family, and. Um, it, he just, he just kind of knocked me out of, off the board because he was so nice and he treated me like a human being and my parents, they were very strict and seems like us kids never did anything right, you know, and my, my sister worked for the Orida and my brother did too. And you know, they had to hand over all their paychecks to them. And if they wanted to go to a movie, they had to beg for 60 cents to go get to go. And you know, Ron was never like that. He never, uh, he never not believed me when I said something. He was just honest and he, you know, if he didn't like something about anything, he'd just tell me he didn't like that or that that wasn't like me or, or something, but he didn't beat me to a pulp or anything. He was very kind and very understanding. He put up with a lot with me, you know, especially before I was eating. And because I didn't have a lot of energy, but I'd try to, you know, I'd go out and um, at Cairo Junction, they used to have a huge fields of strawberries, and I used to go out there and pick strawberries just to make extra money f to pay a bill or, or get ice cream next time I went to the grocery store or something. And he was always so, you know, never asked me, did you really spend only this much money on groceries? and. He always believed everything I said, and I just thought that was really nice. How long were you married? Uh, almost 50 years when he passed away, uh, from 73 to 2015. How old are you now? I'm 79. Would you say that 
the success you had in your marriage was because he was so kind? Well, he was just open-minded. You know, he didn't have so many restrictions. And uh, it just seems like at home, you know, I, I don't think my parents trusted any of us kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we weren't uh, dishonest or anything. And, you know, the, the kids, uh, my older sister, she would cash her check and, you know, and, and just hand them the money. And, but they always thought, are you sure you're giving me all of it, you know? And Ron never thought things like that, you mm -hmm. know? He always, if I told him it's blue out there today or hot out there, or, you know, he'd go, oh, well, yeah, I see it's blue or something, you know? He just, he was so good to me. And I hadn't really, I hadn't ever seen that gentleness in my family because my dad was always uh, in an uproar about something you know and and mom tried to calm everything but um, he was pretty strict with her too so yeah I can imagine that in their position they're just dealing with all the horrible things that they had to go through yes and that it would be really hard Oh yeah, yes, and especially to five kids, you know, and make sure they they get fed, they've got something to wear, that you know, that they don't catch something, that they don't get caught in uh, in a bad position or anything like that. They were very strict. Mm -hmm. Here's a quick clip from next week's episode as we start wrapping up the story. And Suzanne has some final thoughts. I thought, surely the Lord was with me all that time. And I, you know, I survived so much. The adoption, being in the hospital for three years. And I just realized now more than ever that there is a God. And, and he cares about you. And he, he wants good things for you.